everyone, this is Kendall from Recording Lounge. I'm broadcasting to you on March 29th, 2010. I uh, originally recorded this podcast about a week ago, but I was in the process of getting over a cold, so the fact that my voice sounded really nasally really bothered me, so... But I'm back. I'm feeling great, and I, mean, I still got a little bit of cold left in me, I guess, maybe. I don't know. But I'm feeling great, ready to do a podcast. Got a great show today. Um, I've got two main topics today, and one is, of course, my Reason Amp demo. I talked about it in the last podcast. I got my Reason Bambino amp in, and it is just mind-blowing, and I am so excited to let you guys hear it. But the first thing I want to talk about for a while is live recording and just various things involved in live recording, various things involved in my theory about recording live. And I'm not not talking about recording uh, shows, you know, I'm talking about recording different band members from the same band all at once in the studio, meaning, you know, you've got guitarist and drummer and bassist and lead vocalist in a band. Why not record them all at once? You know, you could go separately, you could do the multi-track thing, you know, like most people do. But we're going to talk about some benefits and some some downfalls to recording live in the studio. So, without further ado, here we go. Alright, let's put things into perspective. You can really only record live if you have that many preamps or channels on your interface available, right? Well... That's one reason why this is sort of a difficult topic to tackle, because a lot of people are dealing with setups that have somewhere between two and eight inputs. A lot of there 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 seems to be a weird separation in interfaces these days that goes from, you know, two, four, six, eight inputs, sometimes twelve, and then it jumps to like sixteen or or twenty-four or you know, thirty-two or or something ridiculous. Well, uh, a lot of times it's hard to really record live because you're dealing with these limited number of channels. So that is the first thing I would like to say as a downfall that you do have to spend some money to do this. And it is quite a process. It does take a lot of attention to equipment. It does take a lot of... Now, and now it doesn't have to be necessarily the best equipment. The point is, try. Try to find the ability to do this. Because you don't have to spend, like, you know, I've got the Motu 24IO. I've got the ability to record. You know, I have certain outputs and inputs dedicated for certain other things. But generally, I've got about 18 inputs free at all times. I've really developed this liking for recording live. And not on everything, not necessarily the full band. But something as simple as just having the drummer and the bassist play together. Why? The main reason for recording live is because of band dynamics. There's there's so much that can really be said about a music arrangement with good dynamics. And some of the best arrangements you'll hear out there, some of those arrangements that win Grammys are not necessarily... I mean, Grammys don't define good music, but... Some of those arrangements out there that you love, you hear, and you're like, oh my gosh, that song is incredible, you know? You're left after listening to the song, and you're just floored. A lot of that is about dynamics, and a lot of that is also about just the way the band members play off of each other, you know? Um, that, that Originally, 
back in the old days of recording, the band had to be in the same room because they didn't have that many channels available. I mean, when they were dealing with the original two-track tape, what did they have? Two tracks. So that might have meant just two mics and the whole band sitting there, you know what I mean? And when the when somebody had a solo, they'd step up. Maybe they had all these mics hooked up and they had it running through a mixer and they just run the mixer left and right out. Who knows? You know, it, it could be a number of things, however the engineer preferred to do it. But these days, we've got so many options. So I really encourage you, don't get so caught up in the idea that recording multitrack is the only way to go. And don't get so caught up in the idea that you can't have separation. You can't do that. You can't have good separation while uh, doing this, you know, or bleed. It's it, You're not going to be able to... Um, deal with the bleed later in the mix and you'll have all these problems with bleeding from different mics and all you know don't worry about that right now i want you to focus first on the fact that recording live can sometimes be the missing link to make your recording sound better i really wish that music today had more of this naturalist approach i i, I just don't understand how it got here got to this place where um you know virtual instruments are key and virtual amps are key and everyone's using all these fake things nobody's actually wanting to try and nobody's wanting to be an engineer anymore they're just wanting to kind of get by doing what they do and you know uh taking kind of the easy way out really i mean that's in my opinion using a lot of these things is taking the easy way out Recording a piano really well is one of the most difficult things to do. To record it with exactly the sound in mind, you know, it's very difficult. It's a big instrument. It's very difficult to get that exact sound that you want. Sometimes you got to use just one mic. Sometimes you got to use eight. I mean, recording a piano is one thing, one of those arts that I really wish more people had the ability to experience. But how many people today just use piano emulations and virtual instruments from Reason or what other, you know, software uh, instruments there are out there? A lot of times they're pretty nice and they sound pretty good. However, I would totally pick a grand piano in real life over a recorded grand piano from a sampler any day. Why? It just sounds more real. It sounds more there. It's hard to explain. I mean, try try finding a cellist to play that string loop. Try finding a pianist to play on a grand piano and trying recording it. It's an experience. It really is. And it's a shame that so many engineers these days have never had such an experience. They just kind of, sadly, steal other people's recordings. That's what sampling can be. It's used almost as bad as autotune can be sometimes. You know, it's... Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not saying that using synths and samplers is wrong. I'm saying that that using these things as the only way to do it, as the best way to do it, is a faulty mindset. It's probably even wrong. Realizing, you know what? Maybe one day I'll try to do a piano. Maybe it'll sound better. Or hearing in the song that the piano that you selected from your sampler doesn't sound right, and then going to search for a better sound in real life. That's right, you know, try that. That's what you want. You want to open up your brain to where, heck, maybe one song, there's only one piano sound that you want, 
and it's on a sampler. So go, so do it, you know? I mean, if that's the sound that's perfect for it, do it. But all of this boils down to engineers being lazy and engineers being sort of blinded to what's really going on. They don't realize that it's not about how good the song the the sounds are. It's about how good the sounds are for the song. And uh so that's, you know, that all ties into recording live because the bleed situation. So what if there's a lot of bleed on the guitar amp mic from the drum set? So what if the drums can hear it? If the if the take was perfect, I mean, they're playing the same song. It's not like they're playing different songs. Uh, I don't understand why the bleed is such a big deal. I don't understand why, you know, oh my gosh, there's bleed on the mics. I can hear, you know, but it doesn't really make much sense why that should be. A lot of times that bleed adds kind of a nice space to the mix. It kind of adds like a room reverb to it because you're in a room and it's not necessarily loud, um, but it's subtle and it's kind of it's kind of cool. It really does sound like you're recording people all at once. And you can work with it with gates and with edits and whatnot to make it sound completely multi-tracked. Especially if you've got enough enough separation in the mix where, for example, you've got a drum room, you've got the bassist plugged in, you've got the guitar amp in a closet, and then you've got the vocalist in the control room. With that, you know, you've got and everybody's wearing headphones. You've got enough separation. I mean, the noise floor on all those mics is so... I mean, the signal-to-noise ratio is so great. Um, separation and bleed isn't really even an issue anymore. I mean, when the vocal mic is picking up the guitar amp in the closet, uh, about as loud as it's picking up the whir of the computer in the control room, I mean, that's that's nothing, you know, I mean, that, you're all going to gate the vocals anyway, or you're going to edit the parts anyway, so, especially on a rock mix. Now, depending on your genre, sometimes recording live is a mistake. Sometimes metal, recording live is a big mistake. Many times metal, honestly. It can work, especially if the band's got a lot of tempo changes, that can work. But you have to be very careful about our next topic in recording live, which is metronome, pros and cons. In metal, having the metronome is usually a really good idea. Now, there are a lot of metal bands out there that can play extremely well together. So, and a lot of rock bands, folk bands, whatever. So, I'm going to first pose the idea that, so why use a metronome in that situation? You know, tightness maybe? Uh, maybe for sort of the ability to add loops later or add samples or like, uh, you know, tambourine loops or some sort of thing. The ability to copy and paste parts easier, definitely a pro. That's a great, great reason. Um, the ability to do that is is extremely great. However, if you've got a band that comes in and says, you know, we know our songs like the back of our hand, we could play them in our sleep 10 times without messing up one note, just do it, you know, record live, see what happens. Try without a metronome. You don't even have, I mean, try, maybe not even recording live, just try without a metronome, see what happens. I recently was surprised and inspired by a band that I recorded who came in and uh, they didn't use a metronome at all, but they were using uh, delay pedals. They were using delay pedals uh, by Electro Harmonics. They weren't tap tempo, they were just regular delay pedals. 
And I was so impressed by this band because they started the song and the delay was timed, you know, with the, with the guitar parts, dun, 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 and it was timed. And so they were going on the whole song. And when they got to the section, they, they kind of repeated the intro about two or three minutes into the song. Their delay pedals were still on. And I was just, my mind was blown. I was really impressed that their timing was so good that their delay pedals were still on and it wasn't, I mean, the, the timing was still on and obviously they can slow down kind of as that part comes up, but it didn't sound like it. It sounded so natural. It sounded like they had been playing to a metronome. I mean, they were that tight. And when you've got a band like that, when you really can experience a band like that, it's something else. Let me tell you, I mean, you know, recording without a metronome is something that I used to only do now and then with jazz, with acoustic, uh, with um, singer-songwriter sort of stuff. But I found it even to be pretty useful in a lot of rock applications. Not all, but some. Especially when there are certain parts in the songs that kind of... Uh, for example, a lot of bands are even afraid to do what in music is called a ritardando, which basically means slow down. Um, a lot of bands are even afraid to do that these days. And typically, this is done at like the end of a song, you know, where the whole band comes to a slowing stop. And it's no problem at all for the engineer. He just has to sit there and turn off the metronome as the end comes up. So the whole song is recorded to the metronome, except this quick little end. Well, it's, it's, it's difficult for people to even bring themselves to do that. They're, oh, no, it's not to a metronome. Just relax a bit. Let the music be. Let the music breathe. Change a little bit. You know, I, I really was impressed with this band that came in because I'm sure their song tempos changed from, you know, one, 150 to 154 to 145. Some, you know, shifted back and forth between all these tempos throughout the song in different parts. But their playing was all so tightly in sync with each other you didn't notice. You didn't notice that the parts really changed. It was kind of a gradual thing. And that was really impressive to me and really enjoyable to listen to because I felt like I wasn't just listening to this monotone, you know, loop or, uh, you know, sort of MIDI file. You know, I was listening to a band. Their, their song was taking me somewhere. I was getting excited by the fact that their song was really taking me and moving me somewhere. And I was just sitting there listening. The last thing I really wanted to talk about with recording live is the emotion that can come out of it. First of all, recording live is a blast. I mean, if you haven't done it, you should try it. And it's really a blast. I, I had a lot of fun doing it because it was exciting. Uh, you know, I, uh, I was recording this band and they recorded four songs all live, completely live for 20 minutes without stopping. And... It was exciting because, you know, I was able to sit there and they were, because everything was isolated, uh, the guitarist could say, hey, I had a, a guitarist in the control room with cables running out to his amp in an ISO booth. And he was able to say, you know, hey, uh, turn off, uh, you know, turn on these three pedals for me. I can't, I can't click them that fast. You know, so I was able to sit there and he turned on one and I turned on the other two all at once so that in this one section they could come on and... I was able also to adjust his delay times because he didn't have a tap tempo on his delay. 
I was also able, you know, just things like that were exciting for me because I'm sitting there adjusting his pedals while he's just going on and recording the song. And um, that was cool. I felt, it felt like a performance. It really did. And performance, as anyone on a forum will tell you, is the most important thing. And uh, performance is all about emotion, delivery, so many things go into performance. And, you know, emotion is, is important the excitement that comes out of it, the uh, uniqueness and the kind of nervousness almost that comes out of recording live. Like, oh my gosh, no, we're we're recording completely live for the next five minutes. If one of us screws up, it's going to be a big deal. Well, if everything's separated and, you know, where you can go back and fix a part, it is no big deal. However, the band might not really even understand that yet. They might think that, you know, if they screw up one guitar part and everyone else plays perfectly, they have to redo the whole thing. So some bands work better under pressure, you know, uh, the pressure of a show comes up and sometimes the band just nails the show because they're kind of nervous, but they also, once they start, once they start their first song, I mean, they're in it and they love it and they're performing and everything. It's the same in the studio. So I really challenge you guys, try it, try recording live, try recording just the two guitarists live, try recording just the bassist and drummer live, or the bassist and the guitarist live. Uh, just try something like that, because there's this dynamics that come from the two playing together, that come from musicians interacting with each other that is really hard to get any other way. And another really important thing about the emotion is the vocalist. If you've got a vocalist, let's say you've got a vocalist doing a scratch vocal while all this is going on. Well, the vocalist might get into it, you know, starts singing real loud, uh, you know, gets into it, starts kind of raising his voice and uh, really, really pumping out the vocal line with a lot of emotion. And the band kind of feels this. They feel that the vocal's getting more into it. So they get more into it. They play louder or they play with more feeling or they, you know, play a, like the bassist does a fill or the drummer does this really awesome uh, fill because he's excited because the vocalist is getting into it. I hope you I hope you start to understand what I'm trying to get out here that you know when the vocalist just kind of has this impromptu feeling of getting into the song just out of nowhere and just kind of you know starts going at it some of the other band members pick up on that emotion and they can just roll with it and really that's the sort of magic that all the recording engineers and all the books that you might get talk about the magic in the studio when you hear something and it's just Yes, that was so good. A lot of that comes from changes in emotion and changes in the full band dynamics and emotion together. And when you can get a band to do this, when you can get a band to perform or record in a way that moves you, be it live or multi-track, it's really noticeable. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed my little rant on live recording, but for now... I want to give you guys some clips from my Reason Bambino amp, and I want to just start by a short introduction. This is a company from Missouri, uh, and as far as I can tell, there's only two guys that make the amps. Somebody correct me if that's wrong, but I think there's just two guys that make the amps, and these amps are just so cool. Every amp they make is just really cool. It's all Class A, it's hand-wired, all made in the United States, really high-quality parts, high-quality assembly. I mean, the thing is rock-solid, and it's just so cool. Uh, I got the Bambino 
head and cabinet combo. Um, not it's a combo. It's a, you know, head and cabinet pair, I guess, whatever. Um, you can also get it as a combo amp, um, or you can get a separate head and cab. And there are a few models, some new ones that are coming out that are kind of in the works. There's one called the Bambino Grande, which is a bigger version with 20 watts instead of eight. Um, that might've caught your ear right then because the Bambino is only eight watts. Now that's eight watts of class A power. If you're not familiar with class A power, it's not like your crate or your Fender Frontman or your Marshall Half Stack 100 DFX or whatever it is. It's tube power. And it's hard to explain what class A power is. It's just a way that uh, it's designed. You can look it up and learn about it. It's really interesting stuff. They've got A and AB and different grades of power based on how it's wired and designed. Well, with this amp, while it is 8 watts, it is perfect for recording studios, for home, for small venues, for church, for places that really don't need a loud amp that you're going to mic anyway. And it's most impressive feature is its line out and it's not your typical digital emulation of the amp blah 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 it is all hand wired you're still going through the tube amp the only thing that's there in the line out is a speaker emulation not an amp emulation a hand wired speaker emulation so the amp still responds to your playing because you're still going through the tube amp and while the speaker can't really respond to your playing, I will say it does a pretty darn good job as an emulation. I have not heard a direct-out emulation that sounds that good ever. Now, uh, I live in Oklahoma here, and the only dealer of Reason Amps here that I know of is Mitch Ingram from Emerson Custom Guitars. And if you just go to emersoncustomguitars.com, you can contact him about ordering a Reason Amp, or you can just go to the Reason website, which is, I believe, reasonamps.com, different places that sell them. Um, but speaking of Mitch, if you're looking for a custom guitar, he's a great guy. Get to know him. He knows what he's talking about, and uh, he's got a good ear for tone. So I'm actually customizing a, a Telecaster with him pretty soon. So uh, anyway, um, basically... I'm going to play a few clips for you. The first few are clean. Um, and you can go to the website and look up this amp, look up the details. Basically, it's three channels. You've got a normal channel, a bright channel, and stack mode, which is basically the two channels combined, which allows you to do some distortion and whatnot. So I'm going to play you uh, some recordings I did of this amp. And the first one is. Just clean. I was on the bright channel with a volume at 9 o'clock, treble at noon, and the bass at 3 o'clock. And these are completely dry, other than the fact that I added some reverb to make them sound a little less awkward and dead in the space. So take a listen. <laughs> Thank mm -hmm. you. 
Can you believe that that is direct in? I was so blown away when I realized that this amp could go direct in. I was just I was just dying to try it. So when I did, I was just blown away. Here's another recording, very similar setting, except the bright switch has been pulled and I added a delay pedal. next one is on the bright channel with the volume at nine o'clock uh with a pulled bright switch the bass max and the treble at noon i got just a little bit of break up playing a little bit hotter and got this nice warm kind of crunchy sound For a really clean sound, I went to the normal channel, volume at 3 o'clock, and the tone maxed all the way out, and so I got this nice clean tone. to say this amp sounds even better when you actually are using the speaker the only reason i plugged it in is to show you this is i mean at at the if you're a purist this is the worst the ample sound because it's plugged in direct i mean and i love how this sounds even plugged in direct it's really quiet the sounds are great this, i mean but when i say quiet i mean signal to noise and you know it's just so impressive. I really got to hand it to these guys. This next clip is sort of a crunch setting. The uh, bright channels engaged. I switched down to two watts. The volume's at one o'clock. Pulled bright. Trebles at one o'clock. And bass is max. <laughs> next recording is uh, two separate takes that I did on a high distortion setting, which is uh, in stack mode, where the two channels run into each other. On normal channel, I had the volume at 3 p.m. I had uh, p.m., I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's not a.m. Uh, the tone at noon. I had the bright volume at 3 o'clock, treble and bass at noon, and the stack volume at 11 o'clock, and I doubled the track. So this is what I got. Mm -hmm. 
So that was just pure tube distortion. And so, you know, I'm a pedal guy. I like using pedals, and I, I've grown pretty fond of my pedal setup. And so I decided, you know, I'll, I'll try it with my pedals. So I found, honestly, that I really liked, because I was so used to it, I guess, I liked the sound of my pedal distortion better than the amp distortion. And it could have just been because I was recording direct. Maybe it didn't sound as nice. I don't know. Um, but... This next recording are some pedals of mine, one of which includes the Love Pedal Kanji Eternity Overdrive and, uh, see, the Pigtronics Philosopher's Tone Compressor and the Boss DD7 Delay and I think maybe a little bit of my exotic BB preamp. So here we go. chimey really natural sound i mean you just got to hear these amps i mean if you want me to do some shootouts between direct and uh recorded with a microphone i'd be more than happy to do so um i'm telling you though this amp sounds even better when it's recorded through the speaker i was showing you this because i was really interested in hearing how it sounded recorded through the line out and honestly it sounds amazing to me um, for church, this is great for, you know, people that play in places with low, low volumes like churches or venues, small venues, places that need direct outs, coffee shops, etc., etc. In uh, recording, you can crank the amp because it's only eight watts. So even at max volume cranked with full tube distortion, it's really not that loud. It's probably about the equivalent of my Fender Hot Rod Deluxe on three, two or three, maybe, <laughs> probably two. Um, so I hope you enjoyed these demos. Again, if you need to order one of these, contact Mitch from Emerson Custom Guitars and uh, you can contact me and let and ask me if you want to order one. I believe the Bambino head is $749 and the cabinet is $349 and the combo is an even $899. So uh really great, really impressive. And again, be looking for the Bambino Grande and the Bambino Diablo, which are both coming out sometime in the next few months. And also check out the other series, the SM series. Now these don't have the direct out feature and they're not even, I mean, they're not diff, totally different than the Bambino, but just go to reasonamps.com and check out some of the clips they've got. Really cool amps, really great guys. They really know what they're doing. And I mean, they just make good amps. 
They really do. I mean, I love mine. So why don't you get one, you know? Let me know how you like it. I hope you guys like the show. If you have questions or comments, you can email me at recordingloungepodcast at gmail.com. Again, check out the blog at recordinglounge.blogspot.com. And, you know, don't be afraid. Email me about whatever you got. If I get enough questions, I might do a FAQs show or something, you know, where I get uh, questions that are coming in. I, I do get questions from people, so I thank you guys for those questions you've been sending me. Um, but let me know, you know, send me questions about whatever you got, whatever you've got for audio, for recording, for mixing, producing, theory, guitar, whatever. Like to hear from you and I'll see you guys next time. Thanks. Mm-hmm.